Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Once again, I'm filled with gratitude. Gratitude for A Course of Miracles. Gratitude that we get to share this teaching together, that we get to rise up above the battlefield. I'm so grateful. My name is Jennifer Hadley, and this week, uh, or this moment, (laughs) whatever it is, (laughs) I am grateful to be talking about the obstacles to peace, and in particular, the attraction to guilt. So let's begin with a prayer. We are grateful, we are thankful to open our hearts, open our minds to the very highest and best, to the power and the presence of love within us. So grateful that our mind is the mind of God, our heart is the heart of God, our life is the very life of God, and in this world our hand is the hand of God. So we're opening ourselves up to remember our true nature, our true identity, our original instructions, that divine blueprint for our life. We are grateful to know and to recognize the script is already written, and in that script are the highest and best choices, and that's what we're interested in, the most loving choices. So we are grateful to come together to release false beliefs, false identification, and to remember what's true and what's real. We are grateful to share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our willingness, our magnificence, our perfection with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. So we're continuing on in the Obstacles to Peace. It's chapter 19, section 4, A, 10, I. That where Jesus talks about the attraction of guilt. Chapter 19, section 4A, paragraph 10I. <laughs> it's a lot of detail, but I'm sure it's easy to find. It was for me. And this is so important to me. One of the, in our programs at the Power of Love Ministry, one of the things we really address directly is this attraction to guilt and undoing the attraction to guilt, resolving and dissolving permanently back to the root cause, the attraction of guilt, because it is the unconscious guilt, that ancient guilt that causes so much havoc in our experience, in our mind, in our heart, and in our life, and even in manifested in our cellular structure. So 
we can have a tremendous amount of healing. Healing is instantaneous, and that's what we're going to talk about here. One thing I'd like to mention before we get into this is that I have a workshop coming up on Saturday. So today is Thursday. It's on Saturday, and it's called Unblock the Flow of Your Time, Energy, and Money. So if you have issues around the being in the flow of time, energy, money, if you feel like t- there's a sense of not enough time or not enough energy or not enough money, this would be something you like to check out. And it's also one of the bonuses for everybody who's in Masterful Living this year. Just letting you know, all the details are at jenniferhadley.com. So the attraction of guilt, it says here, produces fear of love. For love would never look on guilt at all. So let's look at that because that statement is not something you're likely to hear uh, in other places. The attraction of guilt produces fear of love. For love would never look on guilt at all. Now, many times, this is one of the biggest issues we have in the human race is this attraction to guilt. If you ask me, or the attraction of guilt, and the way that we experience guilt and use our knowing of other people's guilt to manipulate them and control them. So, for instance, uh, somebody... You ask somebody to do something, like someone in your family. Uh, Would you please empty the dishwasher? And, uh, you know, it uh, it could be done like this. It could be, hey, you know, I load that dishwasher every day. Could you just once empty the dishwasher? So you can see how saying it that way, you're trying to manipulate somebody with guilt, knowing as we all know, that everyone has some amount of unconscious guilt. We can poke it. We can poke it and use the distress that it causes, the particular reaction that it causes to manipulate people to do things. Now, sometimes it will be, seem to be successful in the sense that people will say, yeah, okay, sure, yeah, I'll, I'll empty the dishwasher, and they do. And to the ego mind, success. I wanted to poke them to get them to do that, and they did it. Success. But if we live in our heart, we know there's no success there. There's a failure there because we failed to be loving. We fail to inspire people to do something out of love. Anytime that we use guilt to manipulate somebody and to try to control them or get them to do what we would like or not do what we don't like, then we're missing the opportunity to be loving. And if we're missing the opportunity to be loving, we're missing the opportunity to have a healing. So, 
We don't want to miss any more opportunities to have healing. You know, this is one of the things the script is already written and the script is filled with opportunities for us. So we have an opportunity to be loving, like with the dishwasher. We don't take it. Instead, we poke the guilt. So when we realize what we've done, whether it's in that moment or a week later, or maybe never, but if we realize what we've done, we have, a, we have an opportunity right then to be loving with ourselves for having poked somebody's unconscious guilt. Now, interestingly to me anyway, when we feel guilty for poking somebody's guilt, it actually is a great opportunity to heal the root cause of the unconscious guilt. And we can go right to that line in the beautiful prayer at the end of chapter 5. We can go right to the line, I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I let him. So I, when I have felt that sense of guilt, oh, I wish I hadn't said that. Oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Oh, I wish I had done something different. I can go right to, Holy Spirit, please undo all the consequences of my wrong decision. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo, is already even now undoing the consequences of my wrong decision. And of course, one of those consequences is to be further identified with and validating and and making real or seeming to make real the unconscious guilt. Now, here's another aspect of it. If we find, as many people do, that poking people's guilt and shame, they're very closely related, almost like the same thing, almost like two sides of the same coin, the shame and the guilt, when we poke that, and it seems to work. It seems to be effective in getting people to do or not do what we would like them to do or not do. When it seems to be effective, of course, we make a mental note and we're going to go back and use it again because we had an ego demand poking the guilt satisfied the ego demand. They did what we wanted them to do or they didn't do it because we made them feel guilty and ashamed. After all I've done for you, these kinds of things, so tempting to say. And they really pollute our relationships, deeply pollute our relationships But the Holy Spirit will always undo all the consequences of those wrong decisions if we call upon the Holy Spirit to do it. Again, if I let him, our willingness is all that's required. 
So going back to this first line here, the attraction of guilt produces fear of love, for love would never look on guilt at all. Most people who poke the guilt in another person would say they did it because they loved them. That there was some correlation to poking the guilt and loving them. But this is insanity. And so the loving choice would not ever be to poke someone's guilt. However, if our guilt gets poked, that is the instant right there for us to choose healing. So if somebody is poking our guilt, trying to make us feel guilty, to shame us or to motivate us in some way, shape or form, to punish us in some way, shape or form, If that's going on and we actually do feel the guilt, that's when we call for a healing. Right then, right there, we call for that healing. Call to the Holy Spirit for a healing, not just for ourselves, but for everyone and for the person who poked the guilt. Because if we're poking the guilt, we are totally ego-identified. We feel unsupported in the invisible so we're trying to manipulate things in the visible so we must forgive ourselves for that we must forgive ourselves for that and look in the script there are higher choices there's not one choice in any given moment there's always a plethora of choices many choices so let's look for the higher choice in that moment and we don't have to look for it like we're looking around our room to find our glasses or something right we don't have to look like that what we do is we just stop in that moment holy spirit show me the highest and best choice that i can choose in this moment And then we can choose it or not choose it. But it will become known to us. The only reason it wouldn't become known to us is we don't actually wish to know. That's been my experience. So when we poke other people's guilt, we will always be poking our own even harder. So that is the consequence of choosing, and it's not that we should feel guilty or bad because we've been guilty or bad by making someone else feel guilty or bad. We couldn't make them feel guilty or bad unless that belief was already in them, but it is in all of us. However, we can whittle it away Pretty quickly, if we put the pedal to the metal, if we're willing to do this work, it's one of the things we focus on in Masterful Living because that feeling of guilt and shame and blame and regret and resentment is such a toxic stew of emotion. And a lot of relationships simply fall apart when it's a daily serving of that toxic stew. So... Being aware that if we make the choice to manipulate others with guilt, we will feel guilty for doing that. We will feel ashamed for doing that. We will feel bad for doing that. Even if we don't recognize that's why, oh, that's why now I'm self-medicating. I'm eating too much. I'm drinking too much. I'm um, 
drawn to pornography or something because I feel so bad about myself. We may not ever correlate that, oh, it's because I shamed them about that. And, you know, here's the thing. We have all been raised by people who are raised by people who are raised by people who didn't have a lot of skills. They didn't have any understandings of psychology and love and compassion the way that we have access to that understanding now. And so, I mean, just think of all the things we've seen on television where... Uh, that were deeply moving where people in difficult situations chose compassion, they chose patience, they chose kindness, they chose to extend love. We, we We have so many movies and TV shows and things like that where we can see that. And of course, those were always in books, but not everybody read a lot of books. And so now we have much more, uh, many more examples of this kind of thing versus the kind of uh, retaliatory conversations and the bravado and all the anger and hostility and things that that, uh, historically were more of a focus than the the loving, compassionate, kind, surprisingly kind choices that we now see in movies and things that bring us to tears. So uh, the generations before us didn't have all these examples. They didn't have all of this. But what they did have was they did have examples of people manipulating them with guilt, with shame, poking their regret and their resentment to try to manipulate them to get them to do things. And so that's how they were raised. They didn't understand the ramifications of it. And people still don't. So when people don't understand the ramifications, if they are trying to poke your guilt, the, the, often the response when somebody pokes the guilt is anger. And uh, a couple of times when somebody has tried to poke my guilt uh, and it didn't work, and I instead stayed present, stayed kind, stayed compassionate, but didn't get manipulated the way the person was hoping for. Sometimes people get mad at me. (laughs) Yeah, they get mad, really mad sometimes. And uh, I have found sometimes in those situations it's best to just uh, say, let's talk about this another time and walk away. Just walk away. Because when someone feels really guilty and angry, it is not a good time to have a conversation with them. And this is one of the things that happens in relationships all the time, is that people get triggered by the guilt. They guilt each other, shame each other, uh, trying to manipulate each other, trying to punish each other. And 
And then the anger rises. Why does the anger rise? Because there's hurt deep down. And that anger is in defense of the hurt. It's in defense of the wound. Because there's a real strong fear, especially in relationship, that you're going to keep poking my wounds, then they haven't healed. And I cannot stand it anymore. And we see it all the time, particularly in, in marriages, where the poking and the poking continues until people can't find a way back anymore. There is a way back. Of course, the holy relationship is the way back. Uh, may not be back to the same form of the relationship, but it is the way back to love, of course, calling for a holy relationship and inviting the Holy Spirit into the relationship. But many people don't do that. They don't believe it. They don't feel worthy of it. There's all kinds of things. They don't know about it. And so if you're engaged with someone where the anger has been, um, has flared up because the guilt and the shame have been poked, that is not the time to try to talk with them. It's not. It's really not. It's the time to give them some space, to tell them you love them, there's a misunderstanding. Maybe you're sorry for what you said. And just can we please talk about this later? But sometimes with some people, they, they don't want to talk about it later. They want to resolve it now. They can't stand the tension. And so they will try to force some kind of conversation. I've done that many times myself. And it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Taking some time. Time doesn't have any power, but giving people a chance to allow the, the adrenaline and these other kind of fight-or-flight chemical responses to dissipate is a really healthy idea. So the attraction of guilt produces fear of love, for lover, love would never look on guilt at all. So when we're poking somebody with that, poking the unconscious guilt or shame, we are not being loving. Of course we know we're not being loving. And this is one of the things that frightens us about ourselves. Oh my God, look at me. I'm such an unloving person. I'm so unkind. Even if we don't allow ourselves to consciously look at it, that is still operating in our awareness, the recognition that we have been unloving. And so when we're attracted to guilt, we become afraid of love because love would never manipulate that way. It would never attack that way. And so we, we may not have ever seen how loving people can be and how people can really interact and, and, and traverse their, their life and their relationships really in a very deeply loving way. We haven't seen that. 
So we think love means we're just going to lay down and take it while people control and manipulate us and and that it's a very unpleasant situation and we have... Um, we're just going to be doing what everybody else wants all the time to please them and make them happy and that that's what love is but that's not what love is but just tucking this into our awareness here the attraction of guilt produces fear of love the attraction of guilt produces fear of love and so that in and of itself is a reason to become super hyper mindful of when we are using guilt to manipulate ourselves or others and to stop it because it's very unkind and it has a a vicious backwash that we don't want to be a part of. It is the nature of love to look upon only the truth for there it sees itself and which it would unite in holy union and completion. It is the nature of love to look upon only the truth, for there it sees itself, with which it would unite in holy union and completion. Truth is love. Love is truth. <laughs> and I, I appreciate knowing that very, very much. I'm so grateful for these teachings of A Course in Miracles. The more we let go of the false, the more the truth becomes so clear and apparent. And learning to value the truth is a great, great goal. Well, my name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles and the attraction to guilt And it's time for me to go into a break, which I'm going to do right now. Just a reminder, Unblock the Flow of Your Time, Energy, and Money workshop is on Saturday. And it's a bonus for everybody who's joining my Masterful Living program this year. All right, don't go away. Be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. My name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about the attraction of guilt from A Course in Miracles, Chapter 19, Section 4A, Paragraph 10, I. So it is the nature of love to look upon only the truth, for there it sees itself, with which it would unite in holy union and completion. So valuing the truth, being loving, such basic spiritual practice, very effective, very healing, bringing us back to our original instructions to be the love and be the peace and be the joy and be the wholeness. It goes on, as love must look past fear, so must fear see love not. So in order for us to really choose love, we have to look past fear. Think about the 
um, person who, who is courageous, who has courage, right? Courage coming from the French word for the heart, core. So having courage doesn't mean that we are not afraid. It's that we can look past it and we're able to choose from our heart because we are loving. It's like I, if I was ever in a situation where I might have to put myself in physical danger in order to protect a child or something like that, that, that energetic of the courage to uh, do that would come from the heart. It wouldn't come from the intellect. It would come from the heart. So love must look past fear. And that's what courage is. It is the ability to feel the fear, experience the fear, recognize the fear, but to know love is a greater power. Love is what we're interested in. Love is what we're choosing and that the fear has no power. And fear, on the other hand, think about this. When we're really afraid because I think all of us have had experiences where we're really afraid. And in those moments, where is our relationship to love? We are not aware of love's presence. We're not aware that we're part of this field of love. And that... We are loved by the beloved. So when we're afraid, we can use this understanding that Jesus is saying right here to dissolve that belief that is producing the fear. So we can say, I teach only love because that is what I am. I'm interested in only love because that is what I am. I'm interested in seeing the loving perfection of my brothers and sisters because that is what they are. So we can move into remembering love is what I am. And the more we're able to recognize the power of love and that love is what we are, the fear dissipates because it's not real it's not based in fact Jesus goes on for love contains the end of guilt as surely as fear depends on it there isn't that a helpful clue fear depends on guilt When we believe that we are bad, and that is the foundational thought for most people that is related to this unconditional guilt, (laughs) unconscious guilt, (laughs) it's quite conditional. Um, We believe that we're bad, that we're not good, and that we deserve to be punished, and this guilt is part of that punishment. And because we feel so, so guilty, so, so ashamed, there's a constant state of fear produced by those beliefs. And love undoes all of that. Love undoes all of it quickly and easily. 
if we are willing. So love contains the end of guilt. Love is attracted only to love. Overlooking guilt completely, it sees no fear. Being holy completely without attack, it could not be afraid. So those who think attack thoughts will be afraid. That's what he's saying here. Being holy without attack, it could not be afraid. Love, being holy without attack, love could not be afraid. So this is one of the most basic precepts of A Course in Miracles and the pathway out of the hell of fear, anxiety, worry, doubt, shame, blame, regret, resentment, jealousy, and all the negativity is simply to remember this. Love is completely without attack. Love is what we are. Those who attack will feel afraid. The attacker always feels attacked. The judger always feels judged. So somewhere in the course it says the attacker always feels attacked. And I heard that and I went, yes, and the judger always feels judged and the lover always feels beloved. What will I choose for myself today? Do I want to feel attacked all the time? I do not. I have done that for years and years and years, decades upon decades, multiple decades. I lived in a place of constant attack and I felt attacked by the world all day, every day. I kid you not. And so I was afraid all the time. And I hit that fear with my anger. So I was identified, I identified myself as an angry person because I didn't want to identify as a frightened person, but I was a frightened person who was defending myself with anger. Yes, especially now it's where at the time that I'm recording this, it's the early January, I sometimes think back to the time when I would be setting intentions for the year and things like that and how I felt then versus how I feel now. It is so completely different I feel my personality is so different, so different. And I am so grateful that I could even find a teaching that I could live, that I could practice, that I could use to raise me up out of the fear, out of the muck and the mire, out of the pain and the suffering that I used to experience, out of the constant reacting. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I think the older we get, the harder it is to keep operating in those patterns. And the more we do and can't find our way out, the more we feel 
we're just not a worthwhile person, that there's something deeply wrong with us. And it's so amazing to discover, oh, there was nothing wrong with me. It was my stinking thinking. Nothing wrong with me. Just the thoughts I was letting myself think. I didn't know there were other choices. I really didn't. I really didn't. And so the Science of Mind teachings of Ernest Holmes really helped me to recognize this. And, and other things, even before Ernest Holmes, uh, I, I really appreciated the teachings of Eric Butterworth um, and uh, Shakti Gawain and others that helped me to find this, this path and then, of course, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and and really, I became ready for the teachings of A Course in Miracles. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. That's why I'm so happy to keep talking about it <laughs> year after year after year after year. It's endlessly valuable and interesting to me. Love is attracted only to love. Overlooking guilt completely, it sees no fear. Being holy and completely without attack, it could not be afraid. I am perfect love, therefore I cannot be afraid. Let me remember my true identity. And to help me do that, I am willing to see and know and feel and recognize the true identity of my brothers and sisters. Fear is attracted to what love sees not, and each believes that what the other looks upon does not exist. So when we're in fear, we cannot see what love sees, what's true, what's real, and can't even believe that it exists. And, you know, that was true for me, and it's been true for so many people I've worked with. They're skeptical, they're doubtful. They, I, I mean, I've had counseling clients, you know, I've been counseling clients for a couple of decades now, and I've definitely had clients say to me, I don't believe this is possible for me. I don't believe that happiness is possible for me because they were in so much fear. And I, I, I can say to them, I, I get it. I get it. I get that you don't believe it. So, but that's not truth. Truth is true. Beliefs are beliefs. So, I understand that you believe that, and we're going to start where you are. However, I know for a fact that you can have loving relationships, that you can live without fear. I know that. I know that. And so we'll find our way there. And en route to finding that place of perfect love, and resonance there, we're going to remember to laugh. We're going to laugh. We'll look under the bed with a flashlight. Oh, no, no monster here. Oh, I thought that was so real, so big, so true. I thought it was so completely unlovable. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't true. If somebody loves me. I love me. <laughs> 
Okay, now we're cooking with gas. <laughs> yes, yes. Fear looks on guilt with just the same devotion that love looks on itself. Fear looks on guilt with just the same devotion that love looks on itself. Okay, so if you have a fair amount of fear in your experience, see if you can find the correlation in your own mind your own thoughts that you're thinking, which they're not even your own thoughts, right? But uh, the thoughts that you're attracted to, the, the beliefs, where is the guilt? So, for instance, if you feel you're unlovable, unworthy. Oh, Bodhi's playing over there, my dog. Um, if, if you're feeling unworthy of love, where is the guilt? Why would you be unworthy of love? Just because somebody told you something? Hmm. Where is the guilt? Just see if you can recognize it. You don't have to. But if you can recognize it, remember, we're bringing things to the light. We're bringing the darkness to the light. So the guilt is the darkness and the light is our awareness. We're cultivating that pristine awareness of the truth. And the truth is that we are perfect and that we are love. So, of course, we're lovable. We are love. Fear looks on itself. I'm sorry. Fear looks on guilt with just the same devotion that love looks on itself. So, the word devotion there to me is very key that when we're really able to be loving, there's a devotion to love. There's this sense of dedication. There's a sense of my greatest desire is to love and be loved, to be in that flow of love. And when we're fearful... He's saying here, the devotion is to guilt. So if we can look for what that is. So for instance, I used to have a, a fear, a very, very strong fear that I was a bad person. And I was a bad person because I was so unloving. And I felt guilty because I was so unloving. Now, I would never have thought back then that I was afraid because of guilt. I wouldn't have made that connection. But now it's easy for me to see. And the guilt is that unconscious guilt that we feel for being so unloving. It is the unconscious guilt that we feel for choosing to separate in our mind from our creator, from our brothers and sisters, to believe that anyone is unworthy is to believe that everyone is unworthy because all is one. 
Each has messengers which it sends forth, fear and love. Each has messengers which it sends forth and which return to it with messages written in the language in which their going forth was asked. So it's another way of saying this might be that this is the law of projection. You are going to see what you believe is there. And so it's the lens that you're looking through that determines what you see. If you're looking through a lens of fear, you're going to see all the reasons to be afraid. If you're looking through eyes of love with no lens, then you're going to see all the opportunities to love. Each has messengers which it sends forth and which return to it with messages written in the language in which their going forth was asked. So that's why one of the most helpful things that we can do, use our intelligence for, is to say, is this true? If it's true, it has to be true for everyone. So if I'm unlovable, everyone's unlovable. If I'm bad, everyone is bad. If I'm special, everyone is special. Because all is one. So having a way to... Otherwise, you're just seeing separation everywhere. So for us as Course in Miracles students, we don't want to see separation anymore. right? And we don't want to see it everywhere all the time. We want to be able to recognize, we'd like to be able to recognize when we're thinking better than and less than. To me, that's one of the easiest ways. If we think somebody is better than somebody else, somebody is less than somebody else, then the separation mind is doing its thing of sorting and separating and uh, comparing and evaluating. Next paragraph, (laughs) so rich. Love's messengers are gently sent and return with messages of love and gentleness. The messengers of fear are harshly ordered to seek out guilt and cherish every scrap of evil and of sin that they can find, losing none of them on pain of death and laying them respectfully before their Lord and Master the ego, right? Love's messengers are gently sent and return with messages of love and gentleness. Just think about when you truly love someone or an animal and they can do something that you're not pleased with, but it doesn't diminish your love. You love them. It might bother you or annoy you. Oh, you have to clean up the dog mess. Oh, your child just vomited on top of you. You know, it's a bummer. You don't like that, of course. But it doesn't make you love them any less. The love is still there. Love's messengers are gently sent and return with messages of love and gentleness. The messengers of fear are harshly ordered to seek out guilt and cherish every scrap of evil and of sin that they can find. And of course, when we are in that mindset, oh, we can just find thing after thing after thing after thing after thing. 
believing every single one of them is real and true. And it's all perception. He, and here's what he says next. Perception cannot obey two masters, each asking for messages of different things in different languages. What fear would feed upon, love overlooks. So think about that. Fear feeds upon the negative perception. Love overlooks it. So here's an example. Someone tells you they're going to empty the dishwasher. They don't empty the dishwasher. They totally forget about it. Why do they forget about it? Because some old rerun of some show that you think is lame is on and they want to see it. And that's more interesting to them than emptying the dishwasher. And you make the meaning of it if they loved you they would empty the dishwasher. If they cared about you, they would empty the dishwasher. If they respected you, they would do what they said they were going to do. And the, the lame TV show would not pull their attention. But you're not even as important to them as this lame TV show. However, maybe you were looking to be let down. If you guilted them or tried to guilt them into emptying the dishwasher, aren't you deep down expecting to be disappointed? Aren't you expecting to be betrayed because you have been an unloving, quote-unquote, bad person? Perception cannot obey two masters, each asking for messages in, for, of different things in different languages. What fear would feed upon, love overlooks. So for me, one of the things I've been doing is training myself to overlook things. And what it does is it just allows me to stay in peace and to find other ways to communicate, to ask for what I'd like, and to completely rid myself of these manipulative behaviors. And the more I do that, the more peace I have, the more happy I am, the more grateful I am to live this life of love. I'm telling you, it works. <laughs> if you're interested in having a community, a spiritual community of folks from all around the world, remembering to laugh, doing these practices together, and really implementing them, breaking this down and having a strong spiritual practice develop from the heart to rid and shed these um, false beliefs. If you'd like to come join us, Masterful Living is getting ready to start. We'd love to have you join us. You can book an exploratory call with one of the spiritual counselors. If you have any questions, just go to jenniferhadley.com and look for the Masterful Living information. All right, let's put our hand on our heart. We're grateful and thankful for love is our true nature. We are sharing the benefits of our willingness with everyone. We let the healing be. We're grateful. And so it is. Listen.